Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Screaming Through the Ages, a horror movie history podcast. As we continue this week, I am your host, Trey Whetstone, as always, coming from Columbus, Ohio, and we're going to be doing part two of Video Nasty's talk. Now, last time I went through the history and went down the list of films and everything like that and kind of gave a background on it. This time's going to be a much more casual affair and kind of talking about the video nasties as a whole and what we think of them and all that stuff. And I didn't want to do this alone, so I called in someone who's seen a ton of these movies, I'm sure. And that is Greg Amortis from Land of the Creeps. Greg, how you doing tonight? Doing great, Trey. Thanks for the invite, dude. Super excited, man. This is a great topic, and I uh, was super excited when you reached out. I was like, yeah. I've been wanting to get on the show anyway, so I'm like, hey, what what I <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you know, that's been the thing. I've been trying to fit everyone on, and it's kind of like, how do, I, how do I work things around? And then I saw that you said you wanted to get into the video nasties more and go back and rewatch some of them, and I was like, oh, this might be the perfect opportunity. Yeah, it's crazy when you run a podcast, dude. I and and not to be ugly, but you you've probably fallen into the same scenario where you know there's so many like we get messages all the time, Pearl and I, and I mean I've probably got 50 people lined up that wants on and like I, I don't have a the the exact time to bring everybody on because you just can't do well you can but I mean you, you want it to be relevant and everything too not to be ugly but so it's like it is sometimes it's like I want everybody to be on but sometimes you got to make sure the timing's right and everything so I, I get you I get you. Yep, I don't have quite that many requests, but I do have a lot of people I want to get on and talk to, and that's the fun part of it, right? Absolutely. So have you been, um, I know that was like, what, a month or so ago, I think, when you were talking about going back and through. Have you been watching some of the video nasties, Greg? Yeah, I have uh, through here and there. I mean, my time frame as far as for me, you know, because of the Land of the Creeps, so I'm constantly watching movies over there. So I do try to squeeze in one here and there. I did sign up for the uh, Era Video streams yeah. like what you have mentioned before and they do have a few of them over there as well as you know all the other streaming services i have i've got too many <laughs> of them honestly but, but yeah i try to squeeze in like once I, matter of fact i watched uh well we'll talk about it later i did watch one recently that was on the list a couple of days ago and i was like hmm, this one snuck under my radar so let me check it out so we'll, we can talk about that later though yeah absolutely and yeah, it's like you said, Arrow is, for me, it's like a jump in, jump out. I'll get it for like a month or so at a time, and then maybe a few months later, I'll come back to it, because it's just, I don't need, I don't, I've already got 15 different streaming services, but. Right, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I think, it's funny, I think uh, I was talking to Nathan Bartlebaugh today, and he was saying uh, something about he uses Arrow video as like his trial to see if he wants to buy these Arrow movie releases, because yeah. <laughs> they put out about the best stuff. I mean, they put out some good releases. That's my, here's my philosophy with Arrow. If they put a movie out, I'm 99.9% .9 positive. I'm going to at least appreciate what they put into it. So mm -hmm. I feel like even if it's a crappy movie, I'm going to still enjoy the bonus feature stuff. So Arrow Video, if they release it, I'll buy it. Now they're typically a little more on the pricier side, but here lately, I know Trey, you've probably seen this. I feel like their prices have dropped a lot. Like they're down in the 20 and below sometimes. So, I mean, that they used to be 30 plus. So, yeah, well, they got a sale going on right now for, I think, until the beginning of May. Um, so it's probably you got a little bit of time if you're still listening to this. But, yeah, they're like selling Blu-rays for 17 bucks. And I know Amazon's been good lately of having Arrow stuff. A lot of it's like 20 bucks on there all the time. Yes. Yes. So but I know some of the, the sets and stuff get a little pricey. 
if you're buying like a, I think I got a Gamera one not too long ago. Nice. And some of those get a little pricey, but you're right. It is coming down and they do have sales. It seems like a couple times a year at least. So, yeah. but what, what they put into those are, it's awesome. And a lot of the, the movies that probably would end up on the video nasties, but <laughs> yeah, Arrow's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Highly recommend that them and scream factory. Of course, you know, especially anything I got to give a mad plug real quick, man, if you don't mind, but I got to give a plug to Justin Beam and his, uh, Reverend entertainment group anytime you see reverend entertainment or justin beam attached get whatever movie it is i promise you justin has put his blood sweat and tears in on that and it will be stellar just for that alone so that's my little plug for justin love Justin. yeah justin's awesome i haven't had too many interactions with justin but just listening to him and i know recently he was on real talk yes talking to those guys about some movies he put out and it just seems like the work that he puts in. He's just keeping, you're keeping horror alive, Craig, and he's keeping physical media alive. So does. his love for physical media, sack it to none, man. Love Justin. He loves the genre and he loves, he loves movies in general. And he is such a genuine guy. If you don't follow Justin Beam, definitely, you know, hook up with him on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. And uh, if not message me and I'll get you in touch with Justin. He's such a great guy. Yep. He just seems like a nice guy. Like I said, I haven't had many interactions with Justin, but he just seems like a nice dude. So he is genuine. If you vouch for him, Greg, I'll uh, absolutely oh, back you up on that. <laughs> I, I, man, I'd go to the salts of the earth for that dude, man. I, I would literally take a bullet for him. He's like a brother. So yeah, yeah, I love him. Yeah. And then I, I know with Arrow, especially I run into the problem where I think they just released like American Werewolf again. <laughs> I and I just bought like a, I just bought like a collector steel book of that one on Blu-ray. And I'm like, I can't, I can't buy this one again. <laughs> no. And the one release they just did was a 4k and I, I'm like, uh -huh. okay, I didn't pick up the newer up to date version of the American werewolf in London, which I absolutely love. It's one of my all time favorites. But so I'm like, I think I'm gonna have to pull the trigger and get the 4k. Cause I know the steel book that you got, which is awesome. Yeah. But I didn't pick that up at the time. So I think I'm going to bite the bullet and take that 4k. Cause it's, one of Pearl, it's one of her all time favorite movies as well. So I just, I got oh, yeah. to, yeah, it's in my top three of all time. Usually sometimes yeah. it shifts, but usually <laughs> it's right up there. So, yeah. you know, it's Halloween, it's American Marvel of London and it's Suspiria. So, oh, um, God, see Trey, that's why I love you, brother. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Not just cause, not just cause you're a cool cat, man. Not just cause you, got the, you got the smooth vocal tones going, man. You know, you don't have that Southern draw, but you got that Northern draw that works for you. But no, because you got good taste in movies, too. See, see, I know it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Greg. Yeah, those those three have pretty much remained the same throughout the years. But um, the rest kind of fluctuates. But those three I always come back to. So, oh, yeah. yeah, but we can go ahead and get started a little bit, Greg. I kind of want to we were talking a little bit before time. I kind of want to ask you some questions to get where you were at at this time period when we're having the video nasties, you know, they're, they're really going into full swing in like the mid eighties or so. And I know you were a little bit, a little bit younger at that, age, that time. <laughs> but, um, so what, like, when were you first getting into horror movies, Greg, when were you first watching horror movies? Uh, the first time I've, I've said it a million times, like in 81 was the first time I saw Halloween. That was when they first did the, uh, CBS did the uh, first run of Halloween. Uh, so that was the first real horror movie. A year or so before that, I was into, you know, doing a little bit of the older black and white. Like mom would always, we'd sit down and we'd be watching, you know, whether it was Alfred Hitchcock or whatever. 
so I, I kind of cut my teeth on Alfred Hitchcock and a little bit of the universal horror, you know, Wolfman's my favorite as far as those, but, um, that's kind of, so I was in it, but as far as true, real hardcore horror would have been shortly after 81, it would have probably been 81, 82, 83 in that time frame. after seeing Halloween kind of piqued my interest. And then I, you know, would try to get mom to rent a movie at the, v, you know, at the video stores or whatever. <laughs> and, and so, you know, she didn't care. My mom was, and dad, they're, I won't say they were liberal, but they weren't as strict as some parents. So they would allow me uh, to have pretty free reign. But at the same time, it's not like I flaunted it. I wouldn't put in a, a cannibal Holocaust in front of them and watch it or something. You know, I would try to kind of say, Hey mom, let me get this one. And I'd sneak one behind her or something, you know? So it was one of those deals, but <laughs> she would be okay with me to watch it. Cause she would sit down and watch them with me, but she'd cover her eyes. She hates blood and she hates stuff like that. So anytime there's a lot of blood or, hands are over her eyes and she's like tell me when i can look so it's always been that funny thing there but but she never gave me that you know i'm not going to ever let you watch last house on the left or i'm not going to let you watch friday 13th or whatever i had free reign as long as i did it within moderation you know oh dude that's awesome and greg i know you're gonna appreciate this but i'm getting ready to um after i release this episode get into my first part of hitchcock so i know oh. you're gonna oh, enjoy I'm that and it's it's been a lot of work. I'm going to tell you, I think people are going to be happy. Best of luck. I'm telling you, his, his catalog stack. Just his television, not talking movies. Yeah. Just his television, Alfred Hitchcock hour and, and different things is awesome. But so man, great job. I can't wait to hear it. Dude. Yeah. So I'm excited about that, but yeah, that that's cool. So you're like, uh, you're like what younger than 10? Cause you were born in what? 74. I was born in 72. So 72. Okay. Okay. My bad. I got you off a couple years. You were about 10 years old getting into this stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, that seems about the right age of when I might've seen Halloween, like a little later on, obviously, but that might've been around the same age that I saw Halloween on TV. So, cause mm -hmm. it was always on TV in the late nineties and stuff. So, yeah. but my parents were very, very strict. I feel like up until a certain point, and then I had turned like 12 years old or something. They suddenly were like taking the training wheels off. So they're, <laughs> They're like you can we trust you now you can watch whatever you want but that's cool that your mom was letting you rent horror yeah do you remember now not to get sidetracked but you know you had dave on here so you get sidetracked i won't take oh, you yeah. down a rabbit hole here though but do you remember <laughs> uh you may have been a little bit too young but they used to have the up all night and they used to have the uh uh different shows on saturday night saturday night nightmares stuff like that on tv do you was that part See, of your I I've got like, a, I think I was a little bit behind that, Greg. I do remember like the Monster Vision marathons. I would always watch those Godzilla Monster Vision marathons mm -hmm. that would go on. I think they'd usually play like, I don't know if they play on the weekends or whatever, but that's, those were the movies I was renting, you know, in the mid nineties were the Godzilla movies that were at the video store. I, I ate those things up, but <laughs> I don't think I remember the late night ones, but I definitely watched some of the Monster Vision stuff, like when they'd have marathons. Yeah, Saturday Night Nightmares was a, a special that they used to run back in the 80s and whatnot. And it was really cool because you usually had a host and they, they'd show some movies. Of course, they're they're censored or whatever because it was on TV. But, I, man, Mom and I was just glued to the TV every Saturday, man. It was like just our ritual. And uh, I was just curious because that's where I got, got kind of the feel of horror movies to an extent, even though they were edited. And it wasn't until, you know, the VCR and watching them on unedited that I was like, holy cow, boy, I really missed a lot 
uh, even though I did like this movie. There's a lot of boobies not in that show that are here all of a sudden. So yeah, but uh, Saturday Night Nightmares, man, was just a ritual in our our whole family, man. It was just sit down and watch horror movies on Saturday night. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, I was the same way with the edited stuff, Greg. I would watch like the, I think I remember late one night, like sneaking on the Omen or something around. Ooh. I don't know. It, it would have been around 11, 12 or so. It was because I, I grew up my, when I got introduced to horror movies, a lot of it was through like the AMC fear fest, which had just started like in yes. the late nineties. And so, so they'd have the Omen on and they'd have the exorcist and they'd have all that stuff and I'd watch it, but it'd be edited. So yeah. Oh, so you when yep. you watched it unedited, you were probably just like mind blown a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean the the omen freaked me out enough as it was, and uh, with with being unedited or being edited, but oh yeah, that's such a good movie too, man. Now, were you watching like the the slashers and everything when they were coming out, like in eighty two, eighty three? Were you getting into those? I was. Yeah, everything that they would put in the video store, absolutely. Yeah, and. uh there was some good ones, man. I'm telling you, there was some really good ones popping out. Cause I mean, 80, you know, of course, one of the highlights in 81, 82, 83 was good. So yeah, right in them early years. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I know you're a sla- big slasher guy and I love slashers too, but I don't, I don't know if anyone <laughs> loves slashers as much as you, Greg. <laughs> they, they make heartbeat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome though. So you were, that's good. That's good. That'll help out, I think, when we're talking about the video nasties, because you were seeing these films as they were probably being edited and, and yeah. banned overseas. But do you remember any of like the satanic panic or anything of that at all? Do you remember that big thing in the 80s? Was that going on? Do you have any recollection? I honestly don't have a recollection of it. I mean, okay. in retrospect now, I was like, yeah, I kind of remember hearing a thing here or there, but it was never nothing that really deterred me or made me think anything different or I don't never remember sitting down and listening to reports or anything, but yeah. But yeah, as I got older, I was like, Oh yeah, I do kind of remember there was an article or I remember, you know, on national news one night, they mentioned something in a little blurb, you know, or whatever. Cause you know, we didn't have internet. So it ain't like we had you know, all this blowing up or people on Facebook. Going, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, and it probably helped that your parents weren't um, like super strict with you either. Cause that's, yeah. That could be probably if you're living in like a stricter household. But yeah, that's probably the closest we got to anything. You know, people getting Silent Night, Deadly Night pulled from theaters is probably the closest we had to the video nasty stuff. Yeah. I got a couple more questions for you to set it up and then we can just get into these films here, Greg. Okay. I mean, what are your feeling on on the censorship of these films? Do you think any film should really be banned for any reason? You think there's any excuse for that ever? I don't, here's the thing, this this is going to, I'm, I'm going to end up being a two-edged sword here. When I looked at some of these, and I read into, and I watched, there's a documentary, I believe, on Shudder, it's the Video Nasties, or I believe it's on Arrow Video, actually, uh, the Video Nasties documentary they have, which is really good. I can't remember mm-hmm. the title right offhand, but if you ever get a chance to see it, definitely check it out. But anyways, after listening to the concept now, what I was thinking when I go into, I don't think art should ever be censored. I think, you know, if somebody makes a movie for art purposes or whatever, I think they should have free reign to put out what they feel. And we, as people have the right to say, I don't want to watch it or whatever. It's like the Serbian film. I watched that one time and I'll never watch it again. Utter trash and garbage and should never be created, but it's an art film. Somebody made it for whatever purpose. So, you know, who am I to say, you know what I'm saying? So for me, Here's my two-edged sword. I feel like nothing should ever be censored. Now flip that over. 
what was going on in the UK is a little different story. Cause here's the thing. I have kids. Well, I don't have kids now. They're grown adults, but <laughs> at the time I had kids. Now there was no censorship. So basically a nine year old kid, 10 year old kid could have walked in the video store and rented cannibal Holocaust and there would be no repercussion. Right. So yep. here's the thing. I would not want my child at nine years old to watch cannibal Holocaust. I would not want my child to go watching I Spit on Your Grave or Last House on the Left or something that has a lot of rapey, rapey scenes in it or whatever. I don't think a 9, 10, 11-year-old brain should be subjected to that. That should be something I, as a parent, should say, okay, I'm going to sit down. You can watch this with me, and we can talk through this thing. I don't think kids should have had the ability to just walk up and rent all that. But with that said... I did it through my parents. So you know, <laughs> it's it's one of those two edges. I get why they had to do it, but do I agree with it? Yes and no. I mean, I know that's a cop-out, but I mean, that's the way I feel about it. It's kind of a cop-out, but it's not. I mean, I don't, I don't think kids should have had free reign to just rent just anything. You know what I'm saying? Like there are, yeah. I spit on your grave shouldn't be seen by kids under a certain age. I mean, that's why we talk about gateway horror and you get those movies that are a little bit more, you know, subjective to, okay, kids, let me show you the gate. Let me show you monster house. Let me show you something that kind of works your way. I mean, if I personally had first seen a movie like last house, last house on the left or cannibal Holocaust, let's say cannibal Holocaust. Cause that one, whew, you know, I would have been traumatized dude. That would have freaking ruined me probably, <laughs> you know, as a kid. So, I mean, I just feel like, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of like, oh, I get why they did it. But then listening to your show, if you haven't listened to the last episode you did, definitely go back and listen to that and uh, listen to your, your talk there because you did bring out a lot of good points in the fact that there does have to be some reasoning behind this, but there has to be, too, some common sense. Like, you know, are you going to ban Evil Dead? What I mean, why are you putting censorship on Evil Dead? Like, what is so wrong about Evil Dead? You know, I'm like freaking. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's wrong to them, Greg. It's it's the tree scene, and yeah, well, yeah. that seems to be the sticking point, right? Is even up till the '90s, it was like the sexual violence and the animal cruelty were their sticking point. And I get it. I get it. Last House on the Left, absolutely. I spit on your grave. Absolutely. Those movies are hard to watch. They're movies that, you know, as an adult, you go into it, it's hard to watch. So it's like, you know, you have to get your mindset as it, as it says on last house on the left, you got to repeat, you know, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. You got to keep going. Uh, because nobody wants rape. I mean, that's, that's a horrendous, horrible act that, you know, should never happen to anyone. So clearly you don't want to see it, but as a movie perspective and art, whatever, you know, so yeah i said all that to say, <laughs> there's really no clear-cut answer to that one right yeah. no no i get it and as i mean we're both parents here i've got younger kids and it's kind of figuring out how to as they get older what they can and can't watch but i absolutely am with you greg because i said last episode i'm all for a rating system that's mm -hmm. easier to enforce now yeah you're gonna get someone sneaking in an r-rated movie maybe not so much anymore or you would get back in the day, you know, someone being able to rent an R-rated movie or something. Yeah, but, I did all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm absolutely with you when you're like, you shouldn't be exposing certain age groups right. to that. And in 
the UK, they didn't really have anything. They didn't have an answer for home video. And I'm sure the US went through the same thing. Like nobody knew what home video was going to be. Nobody knew what kind of trash some people would put out. And I'm not talking things about Last House on the Left and even like that. I'm talking about these low budget things that people are just spitting out to try to make money on video. Yeah, yeah. And there was that at the time. I mean, there was clearly, especially in 82, 83, 84, after seeing the height of slashers, you know, they were just copping in. So it's just, here's the thing. I know like my wife, I know Pearl, what what age was you when you saw Exorcist? You were very young, five. Like she saw Exorcist at five. So, I mean, there's movies that you should not see at five years old in Exorcist. No. One of those movies. <laughs> uh, and it's, she said, like, free range, free range, it's just like, you know, parental rules. You got to know your child. And it's kind of that way with cinema. You got to kind of know your audience and know there does have to be. I mean, I remember Trey as a kid in kindergarten going on a school trip to the theater to watch one of the Sinbad movies. And lo and behold, there was a breast. I was like, this oh, really? is rated C and there's a boobie in the movie. And I'm thinking, as a kid, we're kindergarten. We didn't know. I mean, it wasn't like we're instilled in our brains. Oh, there's, you know. But now you look back and say, there was actually breasts there. And, I, and we went to a school trip to watch that. You know, so. Was that, um, with the Sinbad movies, were those Harryhausen? Yes. Uh, okay. I don't know that all of them were. I, I, I'm not. Real big on the uh, sim- all the Sinbad movies. I just know a couple of them, but I do okay, remember. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. I haven't watched any of them yet, Greg. But I've seen some oh. screenshots and stuff people post online. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta check some of these out. Like, it looks pretty cool. Oh, but good, man. So yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. And we kind of ran into that in the U.S. with that creation of the PG-13 because you're, <laughs> you're kind of pushing the limits when you're saying something's PG. And it's almost, I think one of the ones was like Gremlins, right? Or maybe Gremlins is one of the first ones to get a PG-13, but mm-hmm. it was around that time. And it's like, should we really have like a PG straight to an R or is there something in between, even though it's harder yeah, exactly. to enforce? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what? My my thing about this and the, the thing where I get the video nasty is and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Is when they go after movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Exorcist, mm-hmm. and there really wasn't even any reason to really go after them. They were just kind of, had something up their crawl and they didn't want, they didn't want to let those be sold on shelves. So I think it was, they were literally like you said on that episode where a lot of them, you could tell they never watched and they just went by the name and you hear yeah. the name Texas chainsaw massacre. Clearly you're going to be on radar to say, Oh, this movie's going to be brutal. <laughs> this movie's going to be whatever, you know, Oh, we can't or evil dead. You know, that's such a evil name, you know, so it's gotta be bad or the driller killer. You know, something like that. So clearly these names were drawing attention to say, hey, we should ban you. So, I mean, as a, as a creator of movies and whatnot, you'd be sitting there like, you know, you want a title that's catchy, something that's going to, you know, roll off the tongue, like micro, uh, what was it, microwave massacre or something. You know, hey, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you got people watching that thing saying, hey, wait, that's probably a bad movie. We're going to ban it. Just got on like the name of it. Yep. What that, to prove your point, like that the Funhouse movie. There was another Funhouse that wasn't a Toby Hooper one, and they went after that <laughs> just because it was called the Funhouse. Then they went after the uh, it the was one. the best little whorehouse in Texas, and, <laughs> and it, just because it had a because they thought it was an adult movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like what the heck. So that was when the police could just go in and see something if they thought it was uh you know obscene, and it's like well. 
the thing is, if you went in 1980s and, and a police officer would have went into a quote unquote blockbuster video, they'd have had to pull everything off because every movie on the shelf had a cool poster art and it showed some kind of gore scene or, you know, whatever. Cause that's what drew us. That's what made us watch these movies, you know? So it's like, you know, you were, Oh, <laughs> so the police would have had a field day. Like, oh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I remember those days. I, I didn't rent a lot of horror when the video stores were still open. Cause I was younger, Greg, but mm-hmm. I do remember specifically like cases for child's play movies and gremlins too. I remember always in my mind, I passed that one so many times, but it's oh, like, man. I can't tell you how many times I, I rented Puppet Master. Oh, Holy yeah. cow. I've seen Puppet Master like a gazillion times growing up. It was like one of the first <laughs> go-to because I loved Blade and I loved you know, all these little cool doll characters. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that's what it was all about. But you got to have some kind of balance there. You got to, like you're saying, you got to, you understand. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be censoring anything to an extent, but you also don't want it to fall into the wrong hands. So I I'm absolutely with you there, Greg, you made some, made some great points. All right. You want to get into this, Greg, and talk about some of the movies. I know you said you were, uh, you had watched one recently that you wanted to kind of talk about. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to break down into it. Sure. But, um, the one I've seen recently, and it's one that I, for whatever reason, had never seen really knew it was a nasty movie, like a video nasty. Not that it's, well, it is nasty too, but there was one, <laughs> Here it was, and and I looked it up because we were doing a uh, recent episode, and it kind of was part of, you know, to an extent in that episode, to an extent. But it's a movie called Snuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you watch Snuff? I haven't seen Snuff because the thing I heard about Snuff, Greg, is that they kind of ruined that movie with the editing. Not that there was a whole lot bad with it, but that they kind of tacked on. The producer kind of got his hands in there and kind of messed with it. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's kind of accurate. Like the movie itself is really, there's a couple scenes in there. You'd be like, yeah, that's a little hardcore, but overall it's just really not a good movie. And I really honestly don't know why it would be in the nasty movie video nasties. I mean, they, 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 I quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes. Like you can see me, but they, (laughs) quoted it as being like you know so surreal and it felt real like there was people that thought this was a real snuff film and you know it was more of a documentary style like no dude no and i mean it's honestly tame to an extent i know people that's watched it might be thinking i'm crazy but for me i felt like it was almost a tame movie with a few elements of of shock in it but for me to be in a video nasty i don't think it needed to be there at all yeah, I've heard I all I've heard is I think some people thought it and I can't remember. Did you do this one on an episode, Greg? I, I don't think we physically reviewed this. I think okay. it might have been mentioned in kind of passing. Because I remember it might have just been a letterbox review, but I remember somebody saying this was a good movie until the the kind of tacked on part of it at the end. So yes, it, it made no sense. Like it's a lot of a lot of that going on. Uh yeah. No, I get that. But no, I've never seen Snuff. So you uh overall did you like Snuff? I didn't. I mean, honestly, it was an average film to a little above average for me. But overall, I just felt like it lacked any anything. You know what I mean? Like even bad movies will give you a certain concept or a certain imagery that you like. This one, I was just kind of like, yeah. And I get into those old 70s, 80s movies. I get into, 
you can get into like motorcycle movies of the seventies that were just so bad that they're good. Psychomania and different things like that. But mm-hmm. now this one, I mean, I, I won't watch it again. I mean, I was just so curious to watch it because it was a video nasty, but uh, it's not one that I don't think anybody needs to rush out to see by any means. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the impression that I got. Like, see, people just said, yeah, it was kind of good, but it still has things that make it not. Yeah, not stand out. I wanted to talk to you about one in particular. Um, Have you seen Night School, the slasher? I have seen Night School. It's been a hot minute, but um, that is definitely one that's on my radar to watch currently coming up. But I don't know how okay. soon I'll get to it. But yeah. Yeah, so my thing with that is I watched that recently, Greg. I think I was going, I don't know if that was 82 or 81, but I was going back through and kind of filling out year by year. And that one's known by, for our UK listeners, Terrorize over there, and that's what it is on the list of video nasties. But I'm watching that, and I I don't think, I think I watched it on Tubi or something, so I don't think it would have been any kind of censored version. But I'm thinking there's hardly any blood or anything in this movie. I mean, there's some violence, but it it does a lot of cutaways from what the one version I saw, at least. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, why is this even on the... Is it just there because it's a slasher and slashers are kind of have this stigma around them? I think that's a lot to do with it because you mentioned it on the last episode. And if you go through, especially the part two and part three of the uh, articles, you know, that they kind of put the ones that weren't persecuted or whatever. Yeah. If you look, they went after the slashers heavy. Like, it was like pretty much anything that was a slasher was put on there. (laughs) Like, yeah, okay, you're a slasher, you're on it. Well, I'm seeing here, it's like Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker was on there. You got the Slayer. I think that's a slasher, right? Yes. Visiting Hours, I know, is one. It's crazy. The Burning. (laughs) Yeah, The Burning was one. And those ones are on the list of, I don't know about The Burning, but those ones are on the list that were still banned. So it's like they still couldn't sell those ones. So I mean, how would you feel, Greg, if you you weren't able to see these types of films? Because you love slashers. If you weren't able to see slashers unedited until you were like you know 20 30 years after the fact yeah and that would hurt because of the fact that you know some of the movies hold up and some of them don't hold up a lot of the movies that i absolutely love newer audiences watch and think it's pure crap and i mean i'm not gonna lie when you go back to watch it it is hard to watch sometimes but i have a fond relationship with it from previous so it it holds that sentimental value a lot so that's why it kind of still resonates with me where I feel like a lot of others may watch it now for what it is. And they're like, man, that's pure garbage. Like acting is horrible <laughs> and I can't argue with you. And, and you know, the, some of the special effects are not great. I can't argue with you there. So, I mean, it does, if, if I had to wait, say it was like 2015 before I got to see a real cut of a freaking, oh God, what movie, like the maniac. Like, yeah. I mean, what would it hold to me now? I would be like, eh, I don't really care now, you know? So, yeah. Uh-uh. Well, that's a big problem, right? Is like, I feel, I feel like just some people are different. Like I have no problem, Greg, going back and I love slashers regardless of the eighties, especially. And I, I don't have a nostalgia for them. So I just, they just are kind of a comfort for me, honestly, but I, I don't have any problem watching any kind of schlock from the sixties, seventies, whatever. But there are some people who, if they're starting horror today, I mean, you've got like Jackson, of course, who yeah. dives in and watches everything and younger people like that. But I think a lot of people find it hard to go back to older movies. So that's a good point. I never thought about that. It's like, what if you had to wait and see these classic movies later in life? Would you even care about them? I don't know what the 
what the slasher scenes like over there in the UK. I'd love to know really if they still have the the admiration for the slashers and stuff that we had here in the US or not. I don't I think some of the bigger ones they went after like Friday the 13th for sure, but I think some of them might have slipped past some of the bigger ones honestly. Like the Halloween I'm sure movies. They did. I'm sure. And and Friday 13th was <laughs> and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but boy did that series get brutalized with censorship man and yeah to get like full uncut versions of all those movies released would be a miracle and would be awesome it would have been so great <laughs> but what well, were those paramount yes so that's the i can't remember i think paramount's one of the ones that are notorious for throwing stuff off the cutting room floor <laughs> right. so it's probably probably hard to get those mm-hmm yep I mean, think about a Friday 13th part five or six or seven, you know, that wasn't so heavily censored to be fully uncut, man. That would have been great back in the day. Like I'd have been like, yeah, but instead you get all these little cutaway scenes like Jason's fixing to kill somebody. And then you see the aftermath. You're like, come on. what? <laughs> yeah. No, that bugs me, Greg. And it bugs me in movies that kind of do that on per like intentionally. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know if that's a thing of like the cuts. Like we talked about night school a little bit did they do that on purpose or did they do that to try to avoid cuts? Like that's, that's the thing with a lot of those older movies. But I mean, you're talking about, I spit on your grave or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they cut, even when they re-released that thing in the early two thousands, they're cutting like 13 minutes out of that movie. <laughs> that's a long time, guys. Yeah. If you think, you think 13 minutes don't sound long. When you're talking a 74 minute movie, 84 minute movie, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, man. That's or sorry, it was seven minutes for that one, but there was one that was approaching that yeah. that fifteen minute mark, and that's that's changing a whole movie at that point. But oh yeah, you totally yeah. And I mean, you take like now, I, I agree with you on the last episode totally. When you get into these cannibal movies that are a lot of animal cruelty, cut twenty minutes of that out. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I don't need to see animal cruelty at all. So I don't fault them for that i mean i don't care if you cut a whole half of a movie out of that if yeah. that's what's going on but but i mean if you're cutting other scenes then then i've got a problem but yeah cut you know dog mutations and whatever oh yeah you know, yeah i can't that's hard like to that. watch it is like i don't need to see that come on dude no really? i well i know you got you guys just recently did cover cannibal movie well it's mm -hmm. been a few episodes back now but um <laughs> What are your thoughts on those in general, Greg, as far as things like cannibal? Because I know we got like cannibal apocalypse, cannibal Ferox, cannibal holocaust. I think the the mount. What is the mountain god one? I can't remember the full title of that one, but that one had like six names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like a slave of the white one, white god, or something like that. Or it, it's got several names. My take on cannibals: I love cannibal movies, and mm -hmm. I would love to collect all the cannibal movies. But here's the deal. Cannibal movies are also, especially when you get into, I'll always mention Cannibal Holocaust because that's, to me, the kind of the go-to of the cannibal mo movies of the at least 70s and that. When you talk Cannibal Holocaust, I've said it a million times on episodes, I can't just pop that movie in and watch it. I have to prepare myself to watch that movie because I know what's in that movie and there's scenes that are hard to watch and there's scenes that, and there are certain cannibal movies like that. So for me, as much as I enjoy them and watch them for what purposes they are, I do have to prepare myself to watch them. I'm not going to sit here with Pearl 
and say, hey, baby, let's watch a cannibal movie without <laughs> getting myself prepared to watch a cannibal movie. Yeah. Pearl's going to be the same way. I mean, she'll watch anything, but I don't think cannibal's her go-to. So, and she's saying, exactly. <laughs> but I like them for what they are, you know, as far as art purposes. I like the concept of it, but, and there's not a ton of them made anymore with Green Inferno being probably the more current one that was really good, but I like them. I like them, but at the same time, they always have animal cruelty in it, and you always have to be like, Ugh, and then get over it, you know, after that. So. Yeah, and I called in about this on LOTC, but Cannibal Ferox was like the first one of these I had seen. And I think that's, from what I know about Cannibal Holocaust, I think it's probably a decent amount tamer than a Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, it is, yeah. But even there, you know, there's, you know, they're impaling people on spikes, they're carving up animals. It's just, it's not a pleasant watch. No, but as far as cannibals now, I'm telling you, if you've never watched cannibal films, check some of them out. I'm telling you, give them a try, just like a video nasty movie. Give them a try. I'm going to say watch some cannibal movies, but know that you got to go into it with a with a concept that you may have to turn your head a little bit. <laughs> I'm not saying because of the eating scenes or whatever, but because of some of the animal cruelty, they're going to be there. Yeah. Well, that goes back to what you said, though, Greg, is to try to kind of branch out and experience all kinds of horror, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like I've I've delved into a lot of different, at least like watched one or two in most things. Now, you mentioned earlier, I'm not going to watch a Serbian film. I know what happens in a Serbian film when I have no interest in, in that exactly. one. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's so much horror out there in so many genres. And mm. I know it gets extreme sometimes, but... You know, I stayed away from French extreme films for the longest time until I finally dipped into them. And I don't like all of them, for sure. There's a couple I like, but it's good to experience that stuff. And I think you're the same way, Greg, as you like to go out and watch a little bit of everything. I do. And I'm going to say I'm not going to say it's called cinema becomes stale sometimes, but sometimes it does. Like you got to challenge yourself like you literally need to challenge yourself sometimes to try to go outside of your normal a little bit just to get your brain you know, not being so normal or getting so bogged down in the same type movie. It's like the exorcist type movies. Like there are so many exorcism movies out mm-hmm. there. They're like 20 of them a year released and they become redundant. And you're like, Oh, here's another one of them exorcism movies. So you got to kind of put your palate somewhere else and, and then come back to it. Zombie movies. So played out in my book, like so played out. I got so burned out on them, but you know, I, I walked away from them and I went to some different genres and different styles. And then I came back to them every once in a blue moon. So, you know, sometimes you just got to challenge your brain a little bit and then come back to it with a fresher mind. I agree with you, Greg. And I, I've been struggling recently and I've been thinking a lot about it right now because every year I've tried to in October and this is going off on a little tangent. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, but every yeah, if you listen to the Dave, the episodes I had Dave Becker on, those were, <laughs> I mean, we were talking about animated Disney movies at some point. So um, I know I love Dave, too. He's a great guy. But my Halloween watches, Greg, it's always been it's always been I've tried to fit in, you know, at least one, two and four of Halloween. Yeah. And I used to watch Halloween on Halloween night. And then at some point I moved to trick or treat. I'd watch Halloween on Halloween Eve, and then I'd watch Trick or Treat the next day because I wasn't wasn't always having time to watch like Halloween one and two back. Mm. But here recently, it's like I'm I'm looking for something. I'm thinking like I should change it up and watch something else on October 31st, maybe like a rotating thing. 
Yeah. Because it's just like sometimes it's like, yeah, I've, I'm losing some of the magic of Halloween and why I love it. And maybe I should. And I know that's not a problem for you, Craig, because you, you've got an undying love for Halloween. But I sometimes when I'm watching movies over and over, if I watch a movie too many times within a certain time span, I'm just like, ah, I've I'm kind of burnt out on it. I've got to give it a little rest. So I absolutely understand what you're talking about. It happens. So definitely. Yeah, you definitely need change it up. I know. Dave does like House of a Thousand Corpse and Devil's Rejects and kind of throws them in. So I would tell you this year, man, this Halloween, definitely change it up a little bit and uh, see what happens. Yeah, and I've I've been trying a couple of the traditions I have is I have those ones. And then I've been I've tried to watch an Argento film like in rotation. So I think this year, the one I've went the longest without seeing is like Cat of Nine Tales or something. So, oh, yeah. I try to cycle like one of those in last year. I watched the whole three mothers and that was all three of those films. And <laughs> mother of tears didn't fare so yeah. well on a rewatch, but, but no, I've been getting into recently the last couple of years. I've been watching the whole hell house LLC trilogy. And I really like those movies a lot. Okay. I don't know how you feel about those, Greg. Yeah. I like the first, I like the first one. I haven't seen the other. What is there two now? There's three. There's three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen those. I'll tell you the ones that get me. More than that are the movies. Oh, the ha- oh my gosh! Now I'm brain farting. Oh, <laughs> the, the the found footage. Oh my gosh, they're so freaking good too. Anyways, I'm brain farting, and you can burn me for that, kid. Oh no, you're good. Because <laughs> kids gonna be. What is that movie love that we watch so much, or I love so much? The documentary style found footage film. Which was? Is it a haunted? You say it's a haunted house, Greg. Yeah, it's like they're going to a haunted attraction. They're trying to find the most extreme haunted attraction, and they're on a road trip, and they got the girl with the porcelain doll face. There's two of them out. Oh, my God. And Somebody's screaming at me right now. I can feel it. <laughs> Not Hellfest. I love Hellfest. Yeah, I uh, love Hellfest, too. That's a good one. House is, Octo- uh, House is October built? Yeah, is it House is October built? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one I got them over. Yeah, I believe that's the title of it. Okay. Yeah, those right there, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if you've seen those. No, are those found footage you said? Yeah, well, yes, they are basically, it, it is a movie, but they set it up kind of like a, a documentary. Okay. Uh, they're following, it is The House is October Built. Man, I highly recommend it. I'm telling you, especially the first one is creepy as hell, dude. Oh, my God. Like, it's so freaking good. And the second one is just as good. Not as good but just as good. So throw that on your Halloween watch this year, Trey. Yeah, I will. Because you know what? I, it doesn't take much for a found footage film to entertain me, Greg. I don't like, I don't like found footage, but I do like, it. no, I can see that, but I, I will definitely watch those. Cause those have been on my list. I just haven't got to them. So I will definitely make sure to watch those. That's why the video nasties is something because I'm challenging. I was challenging my brain. I was like, let me find something new. And and Pearl said it's like working out every 21 days. You know, you got to change it up a little bit. You got to quit working on your chest and your arms, and you got to start working on your legs a little more. Throw in a different type workout regime to try to get your your body from hitting that plateau. So you know, sometimes your your body. So that's why I was like, let me do some video nasties. You know, I want to try to go through the list, and that's something that I think we as listeners as well and horror fans should do. Like just challenge yourself a little bit, like get out of the normal kind of deal. Like I was so much about slashers for so freaking long and I would still be that way. But every once in a while, maybe I'll throw in, you know, a freaking 
I've gotten into comedy horror a lot lately, which is crazy. I guess I've gotten older and <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a little more tamer for me. I don't know, kids. I don't know, but uh, I kind of like them. <laughs> yeah. So were there any, I know you had mentioned um, the one earlier. Were there any other ones that kind of surprised you or that you've watched recently, Greg? Uh, I mean, all of them that I've watched, honestly, like I watched Driller Killer recently again, and I've seen that okay. movie you know, a few times before. Yeah, let's talk about that one, because I just watched that a couple days ago for the first time, actually. Okay, cool. What I like about the Driller Killer now, it's 1979, and to set it up a little bit, I'll do a little synopsis. You know, I'll just do IMDb. It's an artist slowly goes insane without struggling to pay his bills, working on his patents and care for his two female roommates, which leads him to take him to the streets in the New York after dark, randomly killing derelicts with a power drill. Yeah, that's the concept. That's That's the movie, like. It's a very independent, gritty, uh, low-budget affair. Like, it's very low-budget, and the acting is honestly really bad. But some of the kills are really well done. Like, there's a, hmm, let's not spoil too much. There is a drill to a head that was really good and a gut scene, and I love the fact that he walks around with a drill on his side. I enjoy the hell out of it, but I can see it being with someone watching it saying, this is pure garbage. Like there is nothing good about this movie, but I enjoy this movie, man. The more I watch it. Yeah. So I, like I said, I just watched it and honestly, Greg, the ending kind of is what pulled the whole thing together for me. Absolutely. There's, I don't want to get into specifics, but you know, there's that whole sequence there at the ending and it's kind of like some of the, it's not like you get a definite ending to some of these character stories. The thing that uh, I kind of struggled a little early on, because it seems like that movie is kind of like all over the place <laughs> at some points, you're just jumping back and forth. But honestly, I, I think it's a pretty good movie. And that's I think that's Abel Ferrara's first movie. Yes. I don't know if you've gotten into much of his stuff. I know I've I enjoy Miss 45 and the body snatchers that he did in the early 90s. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I haven't, honestly, but I do need to break into some of his, but yeah. Yeah. Miss 45 is definitely one that I've always wanted to watch, but for whatever reason, I've never watched that, believe it or not, but I do, and I know Pearl's killing me over here now, but <laughs> I just, I've never watched it and uh, need to. Yeah, I just watched it a, maybe a month ago. I was in the middle of doing, like I said, like my 80, 1981 list or something, and mm -hmm. that's a good way to pick up a lot of these you haven't watched, but. Back to the Driller Killer, I think you can see a filmmaker kind of getting his feet wet. And, you know, this is listed as a black comedy, Greg. And I don't know if I caught the comedy. Maybe I was missing something. <laughs> but yeah, the comedy is uh, the comedy for me would be how, you know, independent this was filmed. Like, yeah, watching the filmmaking of this is comedic. Uh -huh. But as far as the tones, I mean, there's really nothing funny going on in this movie. It's actually a bleak, very... Um, I don't know, depressing. like disturbing, yeah. depressing movie. Like it's the guy is like they're homeless, basically. They're living in a place, but they don't have any money. You know, so I can they're living on the streets, basically, in this house. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And homelessness I, is a theme that goes through it, really. Yeah. Like I, it's not a movie that would be like, I don't know. It's not comedic in any way. No, that's what I was. I missed the, the boat on that one. I don't know where that was from, but yeah. And it's. Abel Ferrara himself is the star in this movie. So he's directing it and starring in it. And sometimes you got to do that as a director. But uh, yeah, I think it's a um, I know a lot of people don't like this movie, but um, I think it's got its merits. I think it's got some pretty cool stuff going on. 
I agree. I agree. It was definitely a fun watch for me. But I'd seen it before, so it's not like it was a movie that caught me by surprise. I've, I've seen it a few times. Evil Speak from 1981, talking about that. And I'm sure you've probably seen that since you're doing your 81, or did you get a chance to watch that one, Eric? What? Yeah, I think I watched that on the last drive-in. Yeah, Joe Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Clint Howard. And that was that was last year, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not... That movie, to me, is like, why is that on a video nasty? Like, is it the maybe the whole witchy Satanism thing that goes on right toward the end? I mean, I don't know, but to me, it really... I didn't. I mean, did you? I didn't see anything that would have warranted. No, and that's one of the ones that was prosecuted against. So they brought that to court and they they won the case or at least settled. So yeah, that's yeah. I'm with you. Maybe the kids does go around some kids. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that one's kind of tame to me. Yeah. Well, honestly, Greg, it's like there wasn't one rule, and you kind of learned that in the movie Censor that came out last year. Is there's there's not really a hard and fast rule. It's just whatever the censors kind of feeling that day. Right. And then they, when they take it to court, I mean, it's very objective. It's probably what judge you get on what day and who's, who's involved in the case. I, I don't know though. For some of these, I just don't understand it. I don't either. I don't. And now there are, I will go to this from 1978. And I remember watching this particular movie and actually a couple of these movies as a kid, and being traumatized because there were there were some hard to watch scenes in this one, and since then, you know, you've grown to learn that there was a little bit more of 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 fakery going on and not reality. But it's the faces of death. I don't know if you've seen any of the faces of death. I haven't seen it, but I know of the faces of death. I think it's pretty infamous. It is. So, as a kid, when these first released and watching these, I was young. I'm watching these in like early eighties and, and they were traumatizing. Like I'm watching a guy jump off a building and bounce. I'm watching, you know, a guy, you know, bomb squad and seeing a guy being blowed to bits. You know, I'm seeing, you know, somebody in avalanche in her face planted to a car window. Cause I got trapped inside. And those movies to me, I can see and totally understand why they would have been on it. But now knowing that a lot of it was fakery and a lot of it was not reality, a lot of it was filmmaking, then I'm like, oh, you bastards. Like, you, t- <laughs> <laughs> you, you traumatized me as a kid and you're telling me these weren't real? Like, part of the aura of watching these were the fact that we were watching something that were taboo. Like, these are reality movies. Like, we're not supposed to be watching these. So that, to me, was... A little bit let down, but they're still hard. I mean, there's a lot of there's a monkey head scene in that one that's uh they say he's fake. I don't know if it is or not. It looked real to me and it shouldn't. Ugh. But that one or the couple of those, those were something I would have probably seen them putting on the video nasty. Rightfully so. Oh, I was just gonna say your mind kind of wanders, right, when you're younger. Because I remember watching like a sci-fi type, like a sci-fi channel type movie. It wouldn't have been because I think it was before the sci-fi channel, but it had like mosquitoes and I think it was called Mosquito. And you just see this dude like getting the blood sucked out of him and then exploding. And it's like (laughs) you go back to that when you're an adult and you're like, oh, that's that's terrible movie. And that's not even a good effect. But when you're a kid and you're seeing that on TV and you're not supposed to be seeing that. And it's like, (laughs) yes, it's your childlike mind. And, and I think that's something that I've said before, like if you would have been growing up in the, 
in the 40s, say the 30s, 40s, 50s, right? If you were from that era. And I've always tried to imagine myself going to watch Dracula for the first time in a fresh mind from the 40s and not having seen what I've seen now. You know, how terrifying would that movie have been? You know, watching Frankenstein, watching The Wolfman, watching these movies. Keep it in mind, now we look at them as they're tame, they're whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But had you had not seen movies like Friday 13, Halloween, or or Exorcist, or whatever, you know, you're coming out black and white silent films and you see that, it would have been terrifying, right? So I think when you put yourself in that whole era and you put yourself as kids, Trey, as a youngster watching a movie, quote unquote, like Faces of Death for the first time, you're like, I've never seen nothing like, ha ah, like, whoa, I, I can't. <laughs> it's too real. It's surreal. It's like, no, this is too real for me to handle. So, yeah, yeah, I can see where some of the, the, I can't say I fought them for some of them, I should say. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people start their kids with those classic movies, oh, yeah. and it's like you kind of work your way up. Because I know we've talked, I talked about this earlier, but it's like it's kind of hard for some people once you've watched, uh, you know, Martyrs or something to go back and watch The Wolfman and get any kind of fear or anything out of it. Yeah, you're not. I mean, you're just not. I mean, that's reality. But had you not been desensitized to all these things and murder and mayhem, you know, a movie like The Wolfman would have scared you. But now you're like, hey, you laugh at it. It's like watching, to me, it'd be like watching Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or something, you know? Yeah. They're comfort food for me. I still get a lot out of them. I still enjoy them, but I don't have that fear I would have had had I not seen all the movies I've seen. Yeah, well, you go back and you talked about like different generations. You're talking about when Psycho came out and that got a lot of heat Ooh. for, you know, the scene, I believe, um, early on with the character in the bed. Mm-hmm. And then you've got another scene with a toilet flushing and that got a lot of heat. And it's like just showing a toilet flushing is like... <laughs> like what (laughs) yeah but no that's that's a great point it's it's all about it's all about perspective right but it is it is i was gonna to jump to next i wanted to kind of there aren't very many giallos on this list greg and i i know those were ones maybe they just weren't in vogue at the time but they went back and they did they put a bay of blood or twitch of the death nerve whatever you know it as on the list uh-huh. And they, of course, put the stuff that Argento and uh, Fulci, which they're not doing giallos really at the time a whole lot, but that those stuff are on the list, but they didn't go back. There's a lot of violence against women in giallos, and I love giallos for sure, but you would expect to maybe see more of these. Maybe they just weren't releasing them in the UK. Maybe they just knew, hey, maybe, maybe it's not worth it. I don't know, because <laughs> they'd already had had their theater runs probably early in the 70s or mid 70s, and the craze had kind of died down. But I think that's interesting. Do you think you have any kind of insight on maybe why they wouldn't include some of these giallos and stuff on the list, but they would go back and get a bay of blood. I don't, I mean, I don't at all because you're right. And you know, when you get into any of them really of the seventies, uh, Italian giallo, man, all of them had some kind of uh woman violence, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, men demeaning them or beating them or smacking them or belittling them. They always had that. That was just like a running theme. Men were very chauvinistic and whatnot, so I don't, I wouldn't understand why they wouldn't have been. I mean, you put a movie like 1980, which is one of my favorite movies, even though I know I get crapped on for this, but The Boogeyman is a tame movie, but they put that on the video nasties, and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
really, and you don't have a movie like The Glass Dolls or, you know. Yeah. Or something like, you know, The Queen Kills Seven Times or something. You don't put one of those type movies, but you're going to put The Boogeyman? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Like, really, I really don't know where your philosophy is coming from. Yeah. So th- that's the only thing I can think of, Greg, is they aren't trying to put these out on home video or maybe they already had them. I, I, I don't know. That's the only I don't know. I'm assuming Giallo's were pretty big in the UK, especially considering Arrow, who's kind of based out of there, does a lot of Giallo releases. Definitely. But I can honestly remember looking back, going to the video store. I don't recall a lot of Italian horror films on the shelves. Like you had your typical Friday the 13th, you had your typical, you know, those type movies, but there wasn't a large selection of any selection. I recall growing up of any of the 70s Giallo films. I don't recall. them. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I think just now, I mean, talked about Arrow Video and like Blue Underground and all these different labels. I think they maybe the those are releasing for the first time in a lot of places. And yeah, maybe it's been, you know, mid aughts and stuff. I, I know I've bought argento movies and stuff like that back as far as like the the mid-aughts and things so maybe that was like their first wave of these releases i don't know maybe maybe. so but speaking of that i know you're a pretty big fulci and argento fan i think i mean they pretty much got all of those on this list right the ones that were coming out at the time i don't i don't think suspiria was on the prosecuted list but i know you had zombie from fulci you had um city of the living dead and the beyond and um House by the Cemetery. House by the Cemetery, thank you. <laughs> and um, you had Tenebrae and all that stuff. So yeah, those are, I mean, I love those movies, Greg. Are there, uh, the, I kind of see why maybe they'd put some Fulci on there, but yeah. Yeah, Fulci more over than Argento. Fulci was a little bit more brazen with the gore and the different things going on. I could see them a little bit more than I could Argento. Argento a little bit more artsy with his style I could have totally had seen maybe going in I don't know man like when you start thinking Fulci Argento yeah Fulci would have definitely been and then you get into like H.G. Lewis and different things like the Godfather Gore some of those like the Wizard of Gore and different movies Blood Feast and whatnot so I can kind of I don't see it but I do see it to an extent Argento not as much as I would Fulci yeah I mean Argento certainly has a lot of violence and stuff in his movies and i think tenebra is pretty um brutal you know it ramps up as you get on and on in your career <laughs> the gore and yeah, stuff i feel yeah. like but i mean there's some scenes in fulci movies that's pretty uh pretty gruesome they're but they're hardcore yeah absolutely yeah i mean you've got like that um in the beyond you've got a scene with a spider that just kind of comes out of nowhere and that i can't watch that scene <laughs> <laughs> the great scene though man it really is you're thinking about city of the living dead with a certain uh, scene with like organs. I'm sure you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're talking my language, Trey. Yes. <laughs> Which that's my, that's my favorite actually of the three is city of the living dead for some reason. I don't know, but I've always liked that better than the other two. I think yeah. that my problem with house by the cemetery is the acting. And that is just atrocious. <laughs> like, I don't know. If like I'm like a little blonde kid. I know yeah, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a really cool premise. I really do. But some of the dubbing, man, you could tell the difference because Argento had the money to get some good dubbing and Fulci (laughs) didn't necessarily have the money for that. But true. 
And it's funny because I got my Lucio Fulci bar, uh, Barbie bobblehead doll. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lucio. Don't haunt me in my dreams tonight. I keep my bobblehead right beside me. Anytime I record, he's right there staring at me. And uh, it's funny that you say that. I'm looking right at Lucio Fulci and he's giving me that stare of go to hell now because I called him a Barbie. I promise <laughs> you're not a Barbie, Lucio. I promise you. Don't black cat me tonight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, you think about something like zombie, though. And that just I feel like zombies got that kind of setting that just takes you takes you to a certain period of time. I feel like a lot of films were like that in the 70s. And uh, oh, yeah. and it's just kind of this, you know, that classic soundtrack and and everything. But I can see it. I mean, those those guys are pretty grotesque, the zombies and everything. But yeah. Can you see like the movies, too? Now, when you look at some list too, the uh, behind the bar movies, you know, kind of the women behind bars and mm. whatnot. Yeah, you yeah. get into some of those too. I can understand because there's a lot of the sexism and different things going on. So, I mean, there again, I mean, when you look at the list, a lot of them, you're like, are you freaking kidding me? But there are a few on there you're like, yeah, I can understand it for being a concept that I don't want a 12 year old walking in and renting that movie by themselves. I can get it. So, I mean, it's, that's, that's just the way I look. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the those are the ones that have had the hardest time, Greg, are the women in prison movies, because a lot of those, I mean, that almost started it back up again in the aughts, as I was talking about last episode, because they certified one for home video and people were losing their minds. <laughs> and uh, that kind of goes against like their, you know, what are they trying to, like we said, what are they trying to get the most of is animal cruelty and, you know, sexual stuff, sexual violence. Sure. So, no, I get that. I'm not... I don't have a whole lot of experience in those types of movies. I don't know how many you've seen or anything like that, but a few. Although I do know Jonathan Demi of um, Silence of the Lambs fame directed one back in the 70s. So Caged yeah. Heat. Oh, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. But I'm thinking of one. There's one here. Have you seen um, Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll by chance? Mm, I don't recall it. Um, if I did, I, I can't recall it. Yeah, it's a um, so it's a it's a giallo type movie. You know, at the time there, they were having those kind of other countries were doing their versions of giallos because it was mm -hmm. big and they were trying to cash in on it. And that's actually a stars Paul Nashi. So I'm a huge Paul Nashi fan okay. that I've recently discovered here. His movies are so a lot of them are so cheesy, man, but especially the ones he didn't direct. But I tell you, I'm watching that now. That one wasn't on the first two lists. That was like on the third video nasty list where. They could still be seized from stores. But I'm watching this thing and I'm like, maybe there's one or two minutes, but I, I think that one's on there more for the sex. But honestly, there's not a lot of violence in, in that movie that's on screen. And it's just it's blown my mind. Great. Now, I don't think that's a particularly great movie. I just watched it recently and I was thinking about it and it was on the list. But that's one of those ones where I just don't see a lot of violence. That one, I'm looking at the poster art of it and everything. Is that on the Arrow Video? I think that's on Arrow Video streaming. It might be. It might be. Yeah, it does have Diane Lors. I, I may have seen that one, honestly, but it's looking really familiar. At least the characters are in it are looking familiar. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure Paul Nashie. I'm sure it's pretty rough, but. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's a, there's definitely some nudity in that film, but. Oh. um. Yeah, and those Nashi, a lot of those were low budget for sure. <laughs> but... I would love to. I've not dove into his his filmography, 
heavily at all. That would be one that may be something I'll challenge myself to, you know, after this. But that would definitely be I know they released a box set. I can't remember who it was. It was Aero Video. I won't say it was Aero Video. It's um I've got it and I don't know who it is. I've got one of the one of the sets, but I can't remember who put it out. I don't I don't think it's Arrow, but it's it might have been Scream Factory actually. It might it is Scream Factory. You're right. Yeah. 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 I'm um, sure it's out of print now and probably a gazillion. No, dollars. they're they're still out there. Oh wow. There's a um the second now the Paul Nashi two collection, the second collection doesn't have a lot of good stuff on it. But the first one has a few that he directed. And if you want to see some good stuff, Greg, go for the ones that he actually directed first. Yeah. I think Night of the Werewolf is my favorite. And then you've got something like Human Beast or it's it got a couple of different names. But uh, the ones he directed are probably the better ones. They're a little campy. They're a little cheesy. Sure. But I actually like the werewolf and Night of the Werewolf. It's pretty cool. Okay. It's like yeah, a I'm basic like back to back to basics kind of look. And I know you love the Wolfman, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five, yeah, five movies for $36. That's not bad on Blu-ray, so no. it's definitely doable. Yeah, and I would say I would say three out of the four, or three out of the five are good. Um, <laughs> one's, one's average, and then the other one is bad but entertaining. So okay, okay. <laughs> it's not a bad deal if you're wanting to dive in. Maybe the Bloodthirsty Trilogy, The Vampire Doll, Lake of Dracula, and Evil of Dracula. No, I haven't watched those. Have you seen those, Greg? I've not, but I'm really curious. And they're on uh, Amazon Prime for $24.99 from Arrow Video, which is really yeah. good. So, huh? That yeah. And I'm saying that. That's not even a freaking Paul Nashy. So what am I even talking about? Amazon, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they get that. I mean, I know Paul Nashy did a couple of Japanese co-productions yeah. and stuff. So maybe that's where they're going at. But that's a little bit stretching it, man. That's, I... <laughs> yeah, that's just straight up Amazon being... Little punks to make me sound like an idiot. <laughs> that ain't hard to do, but thank you. <laughs> oh, that's good. What is there anything else you want to talk about on here, Greg, as far as the list of movies? Uh not really. I mean, I, what I would say is is some of this list is justifiable to an extent. Most of it's not. And I would say go in and watch these films. Like give them a watch. I mean, I'm one of those types that if somebody's telling me I can't watch it, I'm going to watch it. Like, you're, you're not going to tell me what I can or can't do. So clearly that's like, okay, the video nasties. Okay, I'll watch it. If you banned it, I want to see it. Flesh for Frankenstein. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tell you to watch 1973's Flesh for Frankenstein. This one is definitely one I recommend checking out. It's the Andy Warhol. Uh, there's a couple versions out there. Definitely check that movie out. Uh, okay. The nasties. And yeah, I got to check that one out, Greg. I'm telling you, I haven't you watched that. Definitely enjoy it. It's got some good gore to it and got a lot of nudie in it, but it's still a good. They got a 3D version and then they got a 2D version. I don't know that the 3D version, I think you actually have to put on the old red and blue glasses. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think you got to actually do that. I don't know. That's funny because they put out House of Wax from 53 and they put that out on a 3D Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy. That's crazy to me <laughs> that you can do that. But but check out some of these movies. Like that's what my my main theme to you is, is if I can do anything is broaden your horizon, check out some of these movies and judge for yourself. But don't 
I won't say be so hard that they did this on your on them. Like, don't be like y'all were stupid, but at the same time, y'all were stupid. <laughs> what are you? But at the same time, I get it. You got to have rule. We have rules every day in our life, folks. We do. We you have to stop at a stoplight. You have to abide by the rules of you know. You can only go so fast. You can't walk into a store and and walk out without paying. You know, there's rules, and and that's just the way life is set up. And I think. To an extent, there should be some type of rule, I guess you could say. Don't mark, mark me as being somebody that's for or against. I'm just saying I wouldn't want somebody allowing my nine-year-old to watch something that I didn't give them permission to watch, okay? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's kind of, they get swept up in the moment, right, Greg? They're they're taking going from one extreme where this is just available to everyone and they're kind of going in the opposite direction way too far. And no. I mean, we see that happen a lot, but it's crazy. Yeah. So I, it's I get the where they're to jump on and say, yes, we're and and they're picketing and they're protesting and they're throwing their signs. And then they don't even know what the hell they're doing. They're just out there <laughs> because it's cool to them. And then that's what happens. And then everything becomes a big, you know, crap storm, but uh, judge for yourselves, folks, just, Go into these movies and know that most of these movies are pretty tame, honestly. You'll have a little bit of gore here and there, a little bit of nudity, whatever. But some of these are some actually some really good movies on this list. Yeah, when I told, uh, you know, a lot of people were excited because I put this out in a poll, Greg, of what to mm. do next. And it was pretty close with this and Alfred Hitchcock. So I was like, what the heck? I'll just do them back to back. But <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of support behind this. But then I there were a couple people that were also just like, you know, oh, the video nasties. I can't <laughs> I can't wait to watch five cannibal movies and i'm like listen i'm not going to be watching the i'm not going to be going through and watching every one of these yeah if you want that i mean there's a podcast out there for that i'm pretty sure that does the watched every video nasty and talks about them but yeah i don't know and it seems like honestly the um mary whitehouse who was the big kind of push behind this getting public support it doesn't seem like she was going into it with like like evil intent this is just really what she truly believed she was believing she was doing the right thing. And the funny thing about that, Greg, is she was the funny fact that I found about that was she was a sex ed teacher before all this censorship battle stuff. <laughs> and could you imagine having someone that's kind of that staunchly against this kind of stuff teaching yeah. your sex ed class? Yeah. And, and to my knowledge, like she didn't watch these movies. She literally took them by face value. and was like, no, these need to be banned. Well, I'm immediately call bull snot on that because <laughs> listen, if you're not giving these the correct viewing, then you have no right to open your mouth about anything. Okay. Yeah. Like you can't tell me you're going to ban something just because the title says best of the whorehouse in Texas. Okay. I'm banning that one. And I'm going to throw my fist in the air and, and talk about how horrendous and how sexist you guys are and how horrible you people are as human beings because you put a movie out or you're watching a movie like that and you've never even watched it. Like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, sit down. <laughs> you ain't got, you don't hold piss and water. You know, go, go shut up and eat a Hershey bar and eat a Snickers bar. Right. You're not <laughs> yeah. being yourself right now. So that's what I, exactly. Saying. You know, a funny story, Greg, and I cannot remember which documentary I heard this on. It might've been one that Mark Gaddis did, uh, or it might've been something else. Cause he did a nice little, BBC program where he went over the history of horror and stuff. And it might've been on his hammer one. Cause I've seen that a couple of times, but anyway, there was this story of this guy who was a video clerk at the time. And he was saying this old lady about like, you know, 70, 80 years old 
walks in. I can't remember the age exactly. And I think she picked up like Evil Dead or something off the shelf and goes up to the counter and says, oh, I think I'll watch a horror tonight. And I just find that hilarious to picture <laughs> this this little old British lady walking up with this. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> He's like, oh, man, she didn't know what she was in for. But you don't you don't know. She could have been oh. watching horror movies her whole life and been a like I picture you. You, Greg, is 80, 90 years old and still out there going out to horror movies and stuff but oh yeah you always look twice when you go in a theater and you're seeing like midsummer or something and there's you know a bunch of older people in the theater it's like oh yeah do they mean to be here or are they well and it's funny you say that because if you go to like one of these retro movies and and they re-show something from the 80s you'll see people of my age in there and you're like ah yeah there you are we're showing up you don't see them normally in newer horror movies but man, some of them older ones, they'll pop back up. You're like, yeah, there's my boys. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, we used to, we went a few years in a row. A local theater here would have um, Hitchcocktober and they'd show a Hitchcock film. They'd show like five or six Hitchcock films. And my wife and I always used to go to one. We haven't went in the last couple of years because of kids. But it's good to see those theaters just packed. And, you know, for Dial M for Murder, they gave us like the 3D glasses because it was oh, in 3D. And it's, dude. yeah, it was, a, it's a great experience. If you guys, if, anyone has any theaters like that anywhere near them and they're doing revival showings of older films, I highly recommend that. I know tons of people go to those, but it's just fun to see those packed and people going out to them and getting out to see those older films. Oh yeah. Support it, man. Make them bring out more like that. And I totally love to go back and watch a lot of these slasher movies on the big screen again, man. It'd be freaking awesome. Oh yeah. I wonder if drive-ins do that. Cause we have a couple drive-ins around us and I wonder if they throw back to the old days about the, the slashers. That's a whole nother podcast drive-ins. Oh, oh, <laughs> we've got, I've had one that was 40 minutes away from me when I was growing up. And now that I'm an hour away from my, where I grew up, it's 40 minutes away from me now. And they, that's a one screener and they mm-hmm. showed, you know, usually it'd be like a PG movie and then a PG 13, or you'd see a PG 13 and an R rated movie. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing phone booth, I think with, um, oh, Colin Farrell and my parents oh, yeah. driving us out. Cause we were like 11 or 12 years old and they're, they're saying, uh, there's they're dropping the F bomb <laughs> every five <laughs> seconds. But that's great. And I know there's one about an hour away from me that has a couple screens. And I know during the all the pandemic stuff, they were showing horror double features and things like that. And I was like, man, I wish I could get away and <laughs> go to one of those. Yes. Yes. I wish somebody would just I wish somebody would win a zillion dollars and open one in every state and do that. Like, yeah, so everybody yeah. can have access to one. Well, you'd think they'd be more prevalent in the South because we're up here. I mean, they can only run from like Memorial Day through Labor Day because it's cold. And you think in the South, they'd have more of them. You would think. I mean, we had a couple growing up, but they went under. But no, I I feel like we could talk about a lot of stuff, Greg. But I, so I've I've got a request here to ask you about one movie on this list, though, and that is from Bill Van Vegel. Oh, and I'm supposed to ask you about fight for your life. Oh, God. I was trying to avoid that one, Bill. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that is one movie that is hot garbage. What I'm going to tell you about that one, I had to watch that. I think it was Bill that actually chose that one to review on an episode. I can't remember the exact episode. So thanks again, Bill, for making me bring up <laughs> Fight for Your Life. 1977 crime drama thriller. That movie in its in its right is not really... It, it's not really gory. It's not really a lot of that, but there is a, a rape scene. 
but it's the racial tones of this movie. Okay. You know, you got this white trash couple that breaks into a, a African male, uh, African American family and, and they brutalize them. Like they completely belittle them, uh, make them do all kinds of things. And, and, and there's, like I said, a rape scene. It just, it's, it's horrendous. Like the subject matter, the tone of this movie is horrible. The movie itself is really not even done really well, honestly. It's just a really horrible piece of hot turd of a movie <laughs> that I just don't agree with at all. I've never, ever, ever watched this movie again. Have no desire to ever watch that movie again. Thank so stay you, away. <laughs> you punk, I'll get you back for that one. I'm going to make him watch that. That's like TCM four, right? Is that where where we at that oh, level? <laughs> no, 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 it's it's hot garbage, man. I'm telling you, okay. it's the whole racial undertones of it's just horrendous. Okay, stuff. I got. You. Um, well, you know, Bill, when he found out I was doing the video nasties, he said I should watch it. I think, and I, I'm like, okay, let me let me find out what this is about first. And first, I didn't know, Greg. So I'm just like, oh, well, I'll definitely check it out if you recommend it. And he said, well, yeah. I didn't say it was a good movie, <laughs> <laughs> or that I recommend it. And I'm like, well. <laughs> I'm it's like, an exploited movie, but just go into it. If you do, bring yourself to watching it. And I'm telling you, if you do bring it, you're going to feel uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. The dialogue is really racial toned, and it's really hard to listen to. Yeah, I can see that. But okay, well, that's <laughs> thanks, Bill, for bringing it down. Thanks, Bill. No, no um, and you're saying that about the not to get off topic, but I kind of want to talk about a better movie than <laughs> to kind of end us out on. but. One of the movies that I talked about last episode, you're saying like the brutalization of a family. I'm thinking about A Clockwork Orange. And that was one that wasn't necessarily on this list. But Kubrick, I think I had pulled a Kubrick quote last time, had said, you know, I don't believe in. And this is before the video nasty stuff. But he's like, for them to tell me I need to cut this stuff out of my film or I'm going to get death threats if I put this out. He's like, I don't believe in that. I'm pulling this from theaters. So that's (laughs) you got to applaud Kubrick for that, no matter what you think of the guy. Oh, absolutely. And and Clockwork Orange is one of my all-time favorite films. Like that's an ultimate classic to me, but it has a lot of hard scenes in it. And, oh, yeah, it's uh, a bit of the old ultraviolence. The ultraviolence, man, I'm telling you, but I <laughs> love the movie. Like I absolutely I mean, I'm telling you, man, that movie is really good if you've not seen it. It's it's fantastic. No, it's a classic for sure, but yeah. it's especially the the whole um home invasion singing in the rain scenes oh. are so hard to watch it's hard hard to watch because of the song like you know such upbeat you know singing and and the whole time he's like brutalizing this family like you're like oh my god yeah malcolm mcdowell's a a really underrated actor i feel like but does a great job in that movie oh he's phenomenal phenomenal yeah but all right greg is there anything else you want to talk about video nasty wise or anything else no, I mean, just what I said, I, I think you should definitely chomp your teeth into this if you feel like it. Definitely challenge yourself. And and these are not going to be movies that are for everybody, so don't let me try to talk you into say all oh, these are classics. They're not, but I still say challenge yourself a little bit. You know, go outside your normal and taste a little bit of it and see what happens. I mean, there's there's a lot of horror and a lot of genre, subgenres out there that, yeah, you may have not tasted yet, and I say try it. I mean, give it a shot. If you don't like it, you know, move on to the next one, but give it a shot. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely agree with you. And uh, 
Yeah, I know these these two videos maybe or not videos, these two episodes aren't maybe as long as some of the other ones. But really, there's only so much you can say about the video nasties, right, Greg? Yeah. I mean, it's a set list of films and a lot of them are classics, really. And they've been talked to death and a lot of them aren't worth talking about at all. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think we did a good job in kind of talking about a lot of different topics, even if we went. You know, I like going off track a little bit because I don't get a whole lot of chance to talk horror, Greg. So when I have someone here and I get to talk to them, it's a uh, it's a win. So uh, you'll, you'll come over to LOTC and you'll have a blast over there when you get a hold of Dave and Bill. You'll really get down some rabbit holes. Oh, yeah. Now, especially since you're not six hour episodes anymore and I'd have to put a catheter in. To... I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys not are getting shorter. I'm on LOTC. I'm not giving you no pee breaks, boys. No, that's what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we try to tone it down a little bit. We, we're down in the threes now so now is that pearls doing because she didn't want to edit more of it or no it's not i mean honestly (laughs) because i know editing's not fun i get it editing is horrible and i'm i will say to high heavens right now and to satan or whoever you praise to i'm telling you right now i'm glad pearl does the editing now because i did it for so many years and it is tedious and it is mind-blowing sometimes and yeah, thank Willy Wonka because it's her candy fix that gets her through it. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, man, it, it's not fun. But with that said, it's not whether it's three hours or five hours to me. I mean, I would record eight hours, but sometimes. And you have. And I have. I have. I did a <laughs> ten and a half hour episode, so it, it does happen. The thing is, I, I look at it like it's hard for people to listen to five hours. It's hard for people to listen to six. Yeah. It's even harder to record five to six hours. People like when you got somebody taking almost a work day away from them to just sit and talk horror movies. So it it becomes tough sometimes. I'm not complaining and I love it, but you know, my, my wheelhouse, I'd say if we keep it around three, four, you know, max, uh, I think we're doing great. Yep. And, you know, I love seeing when Pearl posts those edit times and she's saying, because you know what? A lot of times I'm editing around the same time she's editing something. So (laughs) So I'm like, we're in this together, Pearl. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Two peas in a pod. You just, she has to have her Starbucks and she has to have some candy and then she rolls with it. So, yeah, if I can, I usually throw on some kind of sports and put her muted in the background and get, get through an edit. But, yeah, Greg, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a blast talking to you about this stuff. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, podcast-wise, um, if you haven't listened to Land of the Creeps, you can head over to landofthecreeps.blogspot.com. Uh, check out the past. We're on episode 280 now, so uh, you got a few episodes to go back and listen to. Also, you can follow me over on Facebook. Best place to find us over there is our group page. It is a private page. But if you send me a message, Greg Morgan, and I'll send Trey over some links and you can click on it. But if you send me a private message and say, hey, I listen to the show, then we can add you over group. I just don't add every single person because you get a lot of bots and a lot of turmoil and crap. And I'm just not about that. So, you know, we'll add you over to group. That's where a lot of the, of course, the good shenanigans takes place. Instagram, Twitter, you know, that's at Greg Amortis. Also, gregamortis666 at gmail.com. You can email me, and I'll try to respond to you as soon as possible over there. On Letterboxd is gregamortis as well. i I got to get back to posting what I'm watching. Sometimes <laughs> I, I get stuck, and I forget, and then like 20 movies in, I'm like, crap, I don't even remember what I've watched now. But yeah, you can head over to Letterboxd and all those places as well. But other than that, 
If you ever want to call into our show, you can call our hotline 1-804-569-5682. And uh, we'll play your voicemail over air. Or if you don't want to play, just say, hey, I'm calling. Don't play this. I just want you to hear something, and I'll do that as well. But other than that, dude, that's that's about it. I'm, I'm pretty approachable. You can come to me. I, I won't bite. I, won't. <laughs> I might bite a little. <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. Called in a couple times myself, and I love that you get everyone calling in and you hear the same people kind of calling in and you know they're going to bring it when they get these voicemails. It's really fun because you've got the the host opinions. Like when you guys are doing a topic, you guys pick certain movies, but then you get the listeners calling in and they're talking about a lot more movies. So it's fun because that's what I've always wanted. And it, it finally morphed into that because of the fact what Dave, Bill and I try to do. And when Pearl's on, you know, if we do a theme, we typically try to go for movies, not necessarily because we'll always say, you know, say the theme is Alfred Hitchcock or say the theme is John Carpenter, right? So we know that people are going to call in and give out the the big hitters. So we try to go a little bit more obscure and go with a little bit more of the movies that we've never seen. And that's kind of where we roll. And we let the listeners, you guys and gals, you know, draw the other movies out. And that's what I love. I think it's kind of a a good a good mixture there because if everybody's talking the same movie throughout the show it can get a little boring but we'll try to throw out movies that you may have never seen at least we haven't and that's kind of the way we try to roll yeah and it makes sense because you've been doing it for so long greg that it's like you've probably covered so many movies and you just want to talk about and i'm i'm all about that i try to do a little bit off the beaten path myself when i'm doing these episodes so you do and i appreciate that like I do love your show, Trey. I honestly do. And, and you're well-spoken and it works and you can definitely uh, tell that you do your research. So mad props to you and lots of respect. And we'll definitely have you over at LOTC for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that, Greg. Yeah, man. yeah I'd get on any time because I've talked to all three of you individually and you're all three great guys. And I'm, Pearl's great, too. So she is. Don't leave Pearl out. She's my heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one that smacks me around behind the doors and... Gets me straight. <laughs> you guys are a great couple. I'll say that. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> don't make me oh, do okay. a seventy jalo over here now. <laughs> <laughs> Kick my ass! I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but no, um, Facebook group over there is great. All those Facebook groups for all those episodes are awesome. Yeah, I will say, giving a little tease of what I'm doing next, and we talked about it is part one of Alfred Hitchcock. Now, I'm doing Creator Spotlight, which I haven't done since Val Luton, since I started the show. And this one's going to be pretty in-depth. I will be covering the first half of Hitchcock's career because it's just way too much to do all at once. But to give you a little idea of the... And I'm planning this with all the research I'm doing on this and um, the books and stuff like that. I'm planning this five or five or six episodes just on his career up to 1950. So it's going to be a lot of in-depth detail. We're going to talk about a lot of movies that maybe are lesser known, especially in those first run, because you're not even getting a lot of his big movies then. So that's going to be a lot of fun, um, but a lot of work to get those out. But that's what you can look forward to coming over this late spring and summer. But yeah, other than that, for my plugs, you can follow me over on Twitter at Screaming Ages. You can send the podcast an email at ScreamingThroughTheAges at Yahoo.com. I do have a Facebook group over there, Screaming Through the Ages. And if you wouldn't mind, if you like the show, tell your friends, leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast service. 
With all that said, until next time, keep your eyes on your favorite podcast feed for your next bi-weekly horror movie history lesson.